Hello and welcome to the Swift Legacy podcast, a show where we talk all things Taylor Swift with a focus on her early career. We're your hosts, Amy, Rachel and Molly, and today we're talking about one of Taylor's iconic unreleased songs, Just South of Knowing Why. Just South of Knowing Why is a unreleased song written between Taylor and musician Robert Ellis Oral. We're guessing in the early to mid 2000s. The song, we believe it to be fictional because it is written from a third person point of view. And it tells the story of somebody who is running away, but she doesn't even know where she's running from or what she's running to. Although the song seems to be fictional, there is an argument that it could indirectly be about herself. Knowing what we do about songs like A Place in This World and The Outside, this very much could have been written in third person but based on her own life i don't have a plan and i don't have a map i didn't even know if i'm ever going back i don't have a when and i don't have a where i don't even know if i'll know when i'm there yeah now, i was just saying it as i don't have a when i don't have a where i don't even know if i'm going anywhere That's i've never know. thought that <laughs> don't know it's just what i've always heard it as but mm-hmm. i think that when you look at the bridge it kind of it twists the song around and it makes it about her yeah I think there's a lot of the songs that she wrote early on in her career that she said were inspired by kind of fictional characters and movies and TV shows. I think this probably falls into that category, but it's almost personal in the sense that everyone's had that feeling of like, I just want to like go away, start a new life, never come back. Like, what if I just started over? I know I think it like three times a day, but... um... (laughs) But no, so I think it's it's probably her own kind of thoughts put into a kind of story, if that makes sense. So I don't think she ever got in a car. I, I mean, based on when it was written, I don't think she could even drive at the time. So I doubt it is completely, <laughs> yeah. um, completely, oh, what's the word? Autobiographical. There we go. For me, at least, it's definitely almost reminiscent of Brought Up That Way, the way she's written a song about somebody that she, she really does know, but kind of characterised them with an artistic license to fit the story. She'd written, written a song about a girl called Emily who was in a horrific accident that she did go to school with. But then again, at the end, brought up that way, the song changes and it's, it's not all what it seems to be in, in just South of Knowing Why. I always think of the lyrics in verse two, I didn't really know her that well, but I could tell that her smile was only something to hide behind. So it does sound like it's somebody that she knows in real life, maybe somebody she went to school with, or that could just be using her artistic license and her songwriting as an extension of herself. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. I've never kind of gone down the route of it could have been someone that she knew, but it also, in a way, it kind of, in my mind, goes together with, tied together with a smile. I was going to say that, yeah, that that second verse really reminds me of tied together with a smile, the idea of hiding behind, like, acting like everything's fine when it's not. So considering the similarities to Brought Up That Way, Tied Together With A Smile, maybe even A Place In This World, we're guessing that it was written between 2004 and 2006. What do you think in terms of the specific year? Personally, I think it could even be earlier than 2004, just because Robert Ellis Oral, he did a lot of that very, very early work with her. I'd say 2004, the absolute latest. He was the one who co-wrote things like 
Why is my mind gone blank? He was the one. <laughs> he co-wrote a place in this world. Songs. I'm only me when I'm with you. Exactly. He was the one that wrote these very, very, very early songs. Like ones that I'm honestly surprised even made her debut album when you think about how many songs she must have written in the meantime. But definitely the teamwork of those two together, it does bring something really special to the table for these songs to stand the test of time and to her to still include them on her debut record, even three, four years after they were written. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think those two as a writing team and a producing team were just, they were really something special. I would love to kind of hear what they would do now with Taylor's Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. new not new writing skills, but developed writing skills. So Rachel, if you think it was 2004, maybe earlier, Molly, what do you think? I agree with Rachel that I'm thinking about 2004-ish. I'd have pushed 2005, but it definitely wasn't later than that. I feel like Rachel made a really good point about it being potentially 2004 earlier because that was a time period when she was working with Robert. But at the same time, I feel like there's kind of a maturity in the lyrics that always made me think it could have been closer to 2006. I would probably go in the middle of the road and just say 2005, just because that seems to be the easy option. Okay, if we had a quick whip round, we went from Molly to Amy to me. I want everybody to say their favourite like lyric couplet from this song. She felt so out of touch because she just felt too much. If you don't know what you want, nothing's ever enough. Yes. Oh, I mm-hmm. wasn't going to say that one, but now it's I feel such like a good one. Mind. That hits me every time yes. I listen to it. I'm like, oh my god, yeah. Do you remember like That's hearing so that for the first time when you were yes. like 14 years old and being like, this girl gets me? Yes. <laughs> when you oh. don't know what you want, nothing's ever enough. Go on, Amy. You next. Okay. I have two. Can I have two? Is that allowed? It depends if your one is the same as my one or not. Go. Okay. <laughs> and time stands still when you're nowhere bound, but I understand it somehow. That yeah. was my second pick. <laughs> I just I just think that's so good. Like time stands still when you're nowhere bound. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, it's so good. good. Lyrics. Yeah. And then the other one that I have is a million miles of cold white lines. Is it cold white lines or cold yeah. white lies? I lines. assume it was lines like with the lines on the road. road. Yeah. Yeah. That I always thought it was lines, but I'm just reading the lyrics and it says lies. I know I see that, but like no. What? I disagree. I think it's lines. lines. It makes a lot more sense being yeah. lines. But I just think that's a million miles of cold white lines. I just think that's really poetic. I don't know. I why. really like um she didn't tell anyone and by the first ray of sun she looked at her keys and found a reason to run it's like you can just picture somebody staying up all night till the sunrise like thinking yes no do I do this do I not it's really strong imagery which is something she carries very well in songs yeah I mean god you could go through all of them and just be like that's so good that's so good it's definitely one of her stronger unreleased tracks and it it really could have carried its own weight on the debut album which brings us to should it have been on an album and if so which album i wanted it on debut and i'm loving i would love for it to get a second chance on the re-releases i think it would fit so well i agree and to be honest with the kind of level of songwriting and the sound that it's at i wouldn't have been opposed to it being on the fearless vault i'm just saying it could suit either or Uh, i would say debut but it would have fit on the fearless vault like rachel said but i i don't know i would have loved maybe to see it on debut instead this is this might cause controversy, but instead of maybe something like Invisible or Perfectly Good Heart. Or yeah, even, no, I can definitely agree with that. I mean, mm. I'm going to be honest, the second or like the last bit of the debut album, 
often feels like a bit of a skip for me because it's just I just feel like it's not her strongest songwriting and that frustrates me so much because I know about the unreleased songs that could have had the opportunity to be launched on the album but weren't and it just it really it bothers me so I would love to see that on the debut vault I think I definitely think it's a strong contender. I do think it's it's funny looking at her, all her unreleased songs how the songs that ended up on debut album are not her strongest songs lyrically or a lot of them aren't and you look at things like A Perfectly Good Heart and there are tens of other songs that could have gone in that place that in my opinion I know a lot of people agree are written much better and so I do wonder what made her pick certain songs over these ones. It's funny that you say that because I do agree that there's plenty of songs on the debut album that may have been just lyrically in Samwise better suited to the Beautiful Eyes EP and I think Invisible and A Perfectly Good Heart are two really really good examples of songs that would have been better suited to that EP rather than the debut album but my mind is also skipping back to a very very early interview she did back in 2006 or 2007 when she was being spoken to about her songwriting and how she'd written other songs and what she's going to do with them because she had written over 150 songs by the time the debut album was released. And she said, oh, I can't quote it word for word, but something along the lines of, I'm selfish in a way because I have written all these songs and I could stockpile them for albums for the next 10 years. And I do think maybe she was saving them for future albums and didn't realise how much she was going to change her mind in the future, how one song that she, like with Sparks Fly, like how she wrote that at 16 and ended up releasing it when she was 20. Songs in that nature. A couple of them do come back, but other ones she normally scraps about a year and a half after writing them if they've not made an album by that point. I feel like she maybe kept some of her best work to release in the future, but then changed her mind about it. Fully agree. Yeah, fully agree. I think the problem is she just, she kept writing and you change so much between the ages of 15 and what, um, I'm going to go even 30, even like where she is now that the stuff mm. she wrote back when she was 15, 16 for debut that she thought maybe second album is good enough for second album was then not relevant to her by the time she got to release her second album and she'd had better songs that were more relevant to where she was in her life at that point and where the theme of the second album was going. And so they just end up scrapped and we never hear them. Within the unreleased community, there is a little bit of a debate as to whether the title of this song is in fact just south of knowing why or drive all night. Rachel, what do you think? I will be ashamed to admit that about 10 years ago, I hadn't differentiated the difference between <laughs> these two songs. And I, I genuinely did think they were different songs. And I had what I perceived was just drive all night. And I just never quite twigged that the final line of the chorus was just south of knowing why. I will hold my hand up and I will hang my head in shame because for a long time, I was one of those people that didn't realize they were the same song. But I personally, can only refer to it as just South of Knowing Why. If this does end up on the debut vault and it's entitled Drive All Night, I'm boycotting it. I'm not listening to it. Like, that would really annoy me. Oh my God. <laughs> if she does <laughs> the one thing with um, just South of Knowing Why, I know. That I'm would out. be worse than <laughs> Bye Bye Baby. I would be absolutely fuming. I feel like a lot of people would. It's just, it's just South of Knowing Why is such a better title. It's more poetic. It's catchier it's just better what's the point in writing that lyric you're not going to use it as the title exactly 
Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. But if you've enjoyed this episode, then please do leave us a review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr. We're on all the places. We will see you again next week with another episode of the Swift Legacy Podcast.